Welcome everyone to a new episode of Geekable. I am Enes and unfortunately today Nick can't make it because he got a bit of a cold, but I am joined by the wonderful Haley from Shy Comic Girl. Uh, she's such a wonderful person on Instagram and YouTube. If you have not checked out her content, I highly recommend it. And I'm so excited to have you here. How are you, Haley? I'm wonderful. I'm so thrilled to be here. Thank you so much for having me on. It's my absolute pleasure. I'm so excited. <laughs> We've been chatting on Instagram and we're so excited because today we are talking about Hawkeye. Oh, I'm so pumped. I was so thrilled when I saw that they were going to drop this and then the two episode premiere, even better. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about you first. So tell me about yourself. Tell whoever's listening, who is Haley? Who is Shy Comic Girl? Yeah, so... So for me, I um, I work in publishing, so I've always been a huge reader. And then in the last year and a half, I got really into comics and I just fell down, especially the Marvel universe <laughs> and the rabbit hole. And I found myself kind of looking for a community and wanting to make friends because none of my friends were reading comics. Totally and right. I started the Instagram and then as well as the YouTube and it kind of is just like blown up from there like not in the sense where I'm like wow I have like thousands of followers but that I actually feel like I have a sense of community and there's people just like you that I reach out to and DM and chat with and it's been such a, an amazing experience these last couple of months um, I really just couldn't express like enough how kind the comic community is. Honestly, I totally agree. Like we also started this podcast not so like not not too long ago and we've been just embraced by this like podcaster community and the comic book Instagram community and you think there'd be like lots of competition or something but mm -hmm. like everyone is so friendly and everyone's like always giving shout outs to each other and trying to like lift each other up and I just love that. It's really like just so beautiful and I love that about our community. Completely agreed. I found in that kind of aspect of there's not really a lot of competition people are just so excited that there's more people kind of entering the community They're exactly like, wow you're here like come join us it's so refreshing honestly it really is okay well let's dive in I'm I just I have so many thoughts so what did you think of the first two episodes of Hawkeye I loved them personally I didn't really quite know what to expect, especially having read the fraction like Hawkeye, Kate Bishop. And so I was really curious because from the trailers, it just seemed a lot more upbeat and joyful in certain like aspects. Um, and so my upon watching it, I actually rewatched it twice to just because I knew that we were going to be chatting about it. Um, it was a a lot more focused on Kate Bishop, I felt like in a way that I am really excited about, but wasn't ex anticipating necessarily. True. I thought it was a very interesting, as you said, it's more nuanced than the trailer gives it credit for. The trailers makes it make it look like it's just going to be pure comedy, like fast paced, mm -hmm. but it was like a lot really more slowed down and really focused a lot on Kate, which I enjoyed a lot. And I enjoyed seeing her like backstory, her like growing up in, you know, the New York attack. And I love how the opening theme for the first episode was literally like kind of like a montage of her accomplishments, which I thought was very <laughs> well done. And it was very inspired by the Matt Fraction run. 
Oops. It was. Speaking of the Mad Fraction run, did you feel like the show, I mean, obviously the show is paying homage to the, to the run, but do you feel like it was accurate to it? Um, not, not really, honestly. I mean, cause with the Fraction run, what you see is so much more focused on Clint Barton and additionally this like misanthropic behavior and just personality along with like his kind of sexual escapades in a way and like the women that he's um, involved with, which I was really surprised. I had read it not knowing what to expect because I didn't know much about Hawkeye's comic origins. And then like really my first introduction was the MCU version of Clint Barton, who is so much more of a family man, which makes sense. It's Disney. So it's not really, you know, it's not surprising the kind of route that they took, but I felt like they allowed for Kate Bishop to really be the star in terms of the the fraction run. You know, Lucky is found by Clint, but rather it's um, Kate who who finds Lucky. And so they're really building, I think, the story more into like the direction of her versus um, Clint. Though I did feel like the tones of, you know, him being grounded in this like regular person, not necessarily wanting the fame or knowing how to deal with the fame it, in both the comic series as well as the show was really re- uh, relevant and coming through. I really enjoyed how, you know, despite everything that happened, the, the Fraction run is just like a very joyful kind of Hawkeye that we have not seen in the MCU yet. And seeing Clint deal with like the loss of Black Widow and like the fallout from Endgame, I thought that was a beautiful touch. The Rogers musical was... so much fun I would love like an actual musical just full of like MCU references that was so funny to me (laughs) and I really liked Kate to be honest I thought like the focus as you said the focus on her character and everything I thought it was really good because this show feels like it's like Clint's last hurrah and it's kind of setting up Kate to take up the moniker and just keep going in that direction with like maybe the formation of the Young Avengers or Champions at some point in the future Oh, I I hope that's the direction that they take it in. But I really loved, I also agree. I loved Kate. I loved that she's so enthusiastic and you can tell she's just fangirling him like kind of right from the beginning. And yeah, yeah, is also trying to restrain herself and trying to like play it down and be cool. So those comedic aspects that were coming through were just really fun to watch. And what I really loved about these Disney Plus TV shows is that they're I feel like grounding all of these really big characters and making them more human because they're able to kind of draw out the story where you see how he's acting with people on the street or you know she you have Kate talking about his branding and he's like this low-key Avenger (laughs) that was my favorite moment of the two episodes by the way like despite everything the moment where she was like she was joking around about his brand and then when he's like not taking it seriously and she's like, no, your brand is inspiring hope. And I thought that was beautifully done. Like I mm-hmm. thought that was such a powerful moment. And I think that was a highlight for showing what how, how Kate really feels about Hawkeye and why she looks up to him so much. Because despite the fact that he did save her as a child, she still sees him as this normal human who did superhuman things. And he is inspirational to her. So I thought that was beautiful. And it comes full circle when you see all of the things that she's accomplished as a kind of from a child to that inspiration of he is this regular guy. And I think for him, it's that battle of like, I'm just this regular guy and also an Avenger and people 
seeing them as these superheroes with superpowers and she kind of took what she saw in him and then tried to bring that to like her own character which I really appreciated and like you were saying that seeing that background right in the beginning I thought was really fun because you know when you watch these adventure movies you're just watching New York it kind of crushed and you're not really thinking of the consequences of these actions and these these fight scenes until you see you know a moment like that in the Hawkeye starting off the series absolutely as for Kate and like Haley Steinfeld as Kate I thought she was like wonderfully cast I know there was like back when the show was first being developed I know that fans wanted Haley Steinfeld like so bad and there were like fan art of her everywhere all over the internet of like casting her as as the show's lead but there was a moment where she was maybe not going to be able to be in the show because of her commitment to the Dickinson show on Apple. And mm-hmm. that was like frustrating for a lot of people, but thankfully they made it happen. And I think she's a perfect fit for the role. I will say though, I wish the choreography, like the fighting choreography could have been a bit tighter and better, especially in the first sequence when she is wearing the Ronin suits in the underground um, auction. I thought the fighting was really sloppy for how evolved and advanced of a fighter she is. Like, I would have liked her to to be, like, faster, more fast-paced, and, like, you know, kind of get that Hawkeye feel to her. That is, like, literally my only complaint about her character. Yeah, I can definitely see that. I feel like from my perspective, it makes a little bit of sense why she's so sloppy, because she's been trained in these ways where there's more tournaments and it's not like she's been fighting bad guys before. It's not freestyling. It's like very academic. Exactly. And that kind of that ability to think on her feet while also, you know, fighting these bad guys, like, like, oh shit moments (laughs) Um, is kind of how I, why I felt that, but I completely agree. I hope that in this sense, as the series goes on, we get to see her kind of tighten up a bit as she's learning how to anticipate people's movements. Because I think that's like, yeah, maybe one skills. of the aspects. Yes. Yeah. And, you know, I like that really, I, I, I focused on that bit because I was watching the fight sequence and I was like, come on, Kate, you can do better. Like you've done this. <laughs> and then there was a moment where she was like uh, breaking and entering into the the guy the, the guy's building. Uh, what was her name? Armand Third. Yes. And she like, <laughs> was jumping up the wall and I was like she's a you know gymnast like she's got this and then she like kind of slipped up and tripped a little bit and I was like okay this is like eh. I know that there's stunt doubles and I know that Haley is not doing all the stunts herself but I was like come on like it could have been a little bit neater but overall yeah. that's like one small nitpick of the overall two episodes that I enjoyed immensely I um I really liked the aspect of Kate where they're showcasing the privilege that she has as being really yes. like young and rich and also in like feeling invincible when her mother was like, you're both young and then rich and you're both. So you have this kind of these double layers that kind of protect you in a way from, you know, the consequences of your yeah. actions. And so I am curious to see how that plays out because even in the fraction run, that was also a component where she is this really wealthy young woman and that colors kind of how she sees and and does things. And you can see that reflected even in the way that she took the phone call from the detective. Like Mm -hmm. 
a person who isn't who doesn't feel so powerful wouldn't be like so nonchalant about talking to a police officer like if, uh, if the police called me i would be like shitting bricks like i would be terrified and she was just like depends on who's asking and i'm like oh my god like she did not say that to the detective <laughs> said no one ever except for the people like you said who feel like they have the power for that I yeah I also watched that and it's like how are you not like freaking out because then afterwards she kind of like shrugged it off like you could tell she's a little nervous but nothing to the point where she's panicking um there's a this kind of like I can take on anything. And I think that will also, I'm curious to see how they move through that with her character through the series. I feel like there has to be some kind of moment where she ultimately fails in order to kind of see that she is fallible. True, because she like, even when her apartment burned down, like she she couldn't care less about it. She just cared about the costume, you know? And in the comics, Kate, when she kind of like, detaches herself from her family after discovering some of the shady past about her parents and she moves on to LA she's like a lot more grounded because she's like starting up her own PI firm and she has to like hustle for the money so I'm interested to see if they take her in that kind of direction where she's like a lot more grounded and less I I don't know I don't want to say Tony Stark because Tony's like a whole other level like that (laughs) invincible powerful kind of person yeah uh let's talk about Kate's age because that's been a topic of debate how old you do you start think this up. Well, doesn't she say in the... She says in the show she's 22. That's a lie. <laughs> oh my goodness. Wait. Here's why I think it's a lie. I like literally did the math. Okay, hold on. Let me pull up my receipts. So there was lots of debate about this online, about whether or not she is actually 20, 22. So Endgame takes place in 2023. Okay. And the invasion was in 2012. And Kate mentioned that she was five years old when she started training, which was 2012. So she was five in 2012. So she stated she was 22, but the events of Hawkeye are two years after Endgame. So let's say they're around holiday season 2025. That would make Kate 18 years old. And that would make sense why she's still in university because a 22 year old would have graduated by then. Wow, that just did not dawn on me at all while watching the series. But that also just makes so much sense in terms of like how she acts as well. Also, there was a comment made by Jack, her stepdad, that is she's not even old enough to drink yet. So. Wow. Just like, I feel like light bulb moment for me. (laughs) (laughs) My little Nancy Drew moment. Because the second she said 22, I was like, nah, like she cannot be 22. You should have graduated by then. She was like probably a junior, like, you know, a freshman in university. Like she was still in college. Wow. Yeah. I mean, technically she could be in college in 22, but then it's like, are they having her do an extra year? Did she start late? I feel like there's like more to build, like- I feel like a part of me thinks that she lied to her age uh, about her age to Clint because she wants him to take her more seriously because he says like what are you 18 and she's like 22 and he's like same thing like he's still a child so maybe that's why she was like she wanted to seem older so she can she can make Clint think that she's more capable of handling herself that would make uh, that's totally on brand for her especially (laughs) with how especially with how she acts throughout the first two episodes and she's pretty quick on her feet to 
to lie and yeah. to come come up with the story. So, oh, that makes so much sense. Wow. <laughs> so that's my little theory. I I may be proven incorrect later on in the show as they actually like maybe they'll reveal that she is actually twenty two. I don't know, but I did the math and I think my math checks out. So if anybody else has any other thoughts, please let me know. But I did the math and here's the thing. If she was 22 in 2025, that would like completely not make any sense in the timeline because she we know she wasn't snapped. And then I'm just thinking to the moments where there's, you know, as a, not that everyone who's like over 21 is like needs to drink, but there was like many opportunities like or moments where- yeah alcohol was presented like to her in front of her and she like didn't engage with it or even really look at it in a way that was like oh like no I'm not gonna have one no one's really even offering I think you're right I'm you've (laughs) I believe in your theory (laughs) we'll see we'll see how it turns out but yeah that's my little theory about Kate's age I'm totally fine that she lied about her age like it's not a big deal but I definitely think she's 18 and that would be more in line with like if she is gonna be a young Avenger given the age of like, we know that Cassie's around that age as well, mm-hmm. you know, and we know that Kamala's around that age as well. So having her be 22, when like the rest of the young Avengers are in their teens, would kind of be like, eh. We just have this old woman. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and even like the person that they cast for the role of America in Doctor Strange, mm-hmm. she's like really young as well. I, I think the actress is like around 18. Yeah, so this is all kind of lining up where yeah your theory is probably right i'd be surprised now at this point if they they hold to the 22 yeah we'll see how it goes maybe i'm wrong i'm completely fine if i was wrong but i like that i you know kind of nancy drew that out (laughs) no i love it okay let's talk lucky um i love lucky i want every time i see lucky on screen i'm like i need a dog i want a dog so badly (laughs) he's so fucking cute like I, that is ador- i would die for him already like i'm already in love with the dog he's my he's one of my favorite characters in the comics and the fact that they gave him like a little uh unlimited comic one shot like is so adorable like finally lucky gets his own time to shine i need to read that i haven't read it but i'm looking forward to it especially now that i've watched these two episodes and i'm like oh my gosh i'm in love with him and i was really curious to see how they were going to do a dog that had like you know was blind i yeah. i felt like they did a really good job with the the cgi Do you, is it cgi i thought they actually like found a dog that you know <laughs> i don't know that looks so real to me so i um i think i saw something on instagram or twitter where they posted like the best like this like one of the best actors and it's the dog and the dog I think has two eyes is okay, very okay. much not blinded so I think that portion is CGI um and they use like the a dog an actual dog actor but okay yeah well also I don't know I don't I've never had a dog can dogs even eat pizza I you know dogs can, I know dogs can eat like a lot of things that you probably you shouldn't be giving them you know human food <laughs> like that like I don't but, I wouldn't give my cat pizza just because like I feel like the carbs would not work for him. So I don't know like if dogs can actually have pizza if it's healthy for them. Like Oh, I don't know. I don't think it's chocolate? healthy. <laughs> oh yeah, definitely no chocolate. I feel like this is one of those like Marvel universe. Oh yeah, he's like a super dog. There. He, he, he's, 
<laughs> you can eat pizza and be fine. <laughs> like we'll never have to take him to the vet. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, moving on. I thought that the inclusion of having Clint be around his family and his kids was very touching. And I was kind of curious, like, how is he going to get rid of them to, like, focus on the adventure in the first episode? <laughs> also, I completely forgot that he has three kids. Like, when they came out of the Broadway show and oh, there was, like, that yeah. third older son, I was like, who is that? Like, is that his daughter's boyfriend? Like, I had no idea there was a third kid involved until they were at, like, dinner and they said his name or something. So, I don't know. How do you feel about him being with his kids and having his kids, his kids be included in the show as a kind of they have them as like a ticking time bomb. Like he has to make it home by Christmas for the kids. Yeah. I really like that. Cause again, it grounds him in this, you know, more human reality that we're seeing where yes, the Avengers are off fighting and saving the world, but he also has a family at home. And especially though they were, I think taken in the blip um, that we see. And so I would imagine for him, it's like, time is precious and like these memories are precious because you you then lost them for five years um and you kind of get that sense where he's like I really he wants to connect with them because there was probably missed opportunities often when he was in these you know Avenger escapades and they you you can tell there's this like desire for connection that I feel like in moments felt a little I don't know if awkward's the right way, but you could tell he's really trying. So I appreciated seeing that. Um, and I'm, I'm wondering how they're going to end it, if he's actually going to fulfill it. Because I, th- I think that will make it a lot more of a hopeful storyline. But yeah. I also feel like the reality of, you know, what he, who he is as Hawkeye, and even that being kind of one of the things that pushes him to let Kate Bishop take the mantle is that, desire to just want to be with his family wanting to be a regular man and wanting to you know appreciate what he had lost for a period of time yeah I think I think you have you're onto something there I think if he misses Christmas with his kids he'll be more inclined to let Hawk to let Kate take over so that he can like take a step back and have faith that there's someone protecting the city or you know holding up that name for him and I think that you might be onto something there yeah, and, and I think in, in general, his demeanor about like fighting people and playing the hero through the first two episodes, it, it feels a little bit like he's dragging his feet yeah. in a sense where he's not thrilled by it. It's like, oh, I have to do this because I have this like sense of obligation or he's trying to protect the ident- like his identity as like the Ronin, right? And now he has like Kate Bishop at his heels. So he's feeling a lot of responsibility, it seems like to me, but it's this, it's coming from a sense of obligation more than it is a desire to actually be the hero, to play the hero. Yeah. And like, I feel like building off of of that, the moment where he goes LARPing kind of like broke down those walls where he's like actually enjoying himself a little bit. Like you could Mm -hmm. tell he was having some fun. He actually admitted it. So I feel like they they really made that sequence to like have him come out of his shell and come out of that obligation and just have fun being a hero because I have a feeling they're trying to make his character more in line with the comics where he's just like a fun loving kind of guy instead Mm -hmm. of like taking himself so seriously and like 
Clint Barton, holier than thou type of character. Yeah, I thought the LARPing scene was so funny and absolutely absurd, but in a really great way. The slow mo moments <laughs> were just ridiculous. And I, I think that those are the moments that made the show really fun. Where like, never did I think I would see Hawkeye LARPing. Exactly. Uh, so these first two episodes introduced us to Kate's elusive new stepdad who has been referred to as Jack, but those with a keen eye or those who have read the comics immediately recognize Jack as Swordsman, who has been around in the Marvel Universe for a very long time, and he has like had a long history with the Avengers. How do you feel about Jack? What do you think about his character so far? So I'll be honest, I didn't do a deep dive on the Swordsman at all yet, and just initially, like I, so I'm going in a lot more like blind than you are when I was watching the show and mm. being introduced to him as a character. Um, oh God, he's off. <laughs> so in the, in the, in the first few episodes, I really just do not like him. Um, at least how they're portraying him as this kind of villain. And you're seeing that mostly through the lens of Kate at the same time though, I feel like, and I could be super off the way that Kate is kind of acting is like a little bit as like a, like novice detective like nancy drew character so i feel like there's like a component where she's like either totally wrong about jack or she's totally right and you can't you don't quite know but there's something that he is obviously hiding as you see um she's able to kind of sniff that out but yeah i don't actually know too much about the swordsman character himself but there's just something about jack that i'm like you know so i would have expected that the swordsman would be way older just because in the comics mm-hmm. he was the one who kind of took Clint under his wing and taught him his archery skills so he was like a mentor figure for to Clint interesting okay yeah. I did not that I did not know yeah and his first appearance was like really like way early in the Avengers run where he comes back in and kind of wants to re, re- like bring uh, Clint back into this like circus show where like they're all a bunch of villains Oh my gosh, I did not connect the, wow, I'm just having a, like one of those moments. I did not connect in the Fraction series that the swordsman that he was talking about as his mentor is meant to be the same person as Jack. That is Jack. What? (laughs) Oh, well, see, so he's still awful though. (laughs) (laughs) He is awful. He's he's a villain. He is going to be one of the villains, I guess, of the show. Um, I don't know if he's going to be the main villain or if they're going to yeah. kind of lean in with Eleanor being a villain as well, Kate's mom. Mm-hmm. Because in the comics, she does have a bit of a shady side. And there yeah. was like a whole arc with Kate and Jessica Jones investigating some of her mom's shadier uh, ongoings. Oh, I I definitely look forward to that. I'm excited to see Jack and Clint interact now <laughs> like having connected the dots <laughs> I feel like age-wise it wouldn't work though just because Clint looks older than Jack <laughs> yes yeah I, in terms of like the mentorship I'm wondering if there will be some kind of other connection though yeah maybe they because have there was like, that... had a run-in yeah I'm but, curious I mean, especially because so... they're playing the Ronin aspect to it so there's a lot more that I think they can play around with because they've given themselves like wiggle room of him saying like there's all of these enemies of the Ronin. True. And Jack did seem awfully interested in that Ronin sword to end up actually stealing it. Mm-hmm. 
So yeah. maybe he has a personal investment in the Ronan character. And we never really knew Clint as a swordsman, kind of like he's, we, we only know him as an archer. So looking back at his Ronan years, maybe he did learn those skills off of somebody. I hope that, well, not that I hope that he learned them from the swordsman, but I hope that there, we see that really come like more full circle then. Um, and yeah, I'm just, I'm looking for now that, that moment, because he has the sword. So now it's finding out where the sword, because Kate now knows that, he, does she actually Kate know that he has the sword? I don't think she knows he has the sword, but she suspects it. Yes. And I feel like there was a moment where Jack kind of recognized Kate under the mask when she was Ronan. I don't know if anybody 100%. else picked up on that, but I felt like maybe he, he kind of knew it was her. Because her voice, like to me, yeah. that's what I felt like gave it away. Um, and he's really playing into this. I'm trying to just be a good stepfather, which feels so fake, which yeah. I'm almost surprised. Like, I do not know how her mother does not see that. <laughs> like everything about that exudes a phoniness to me. Yeah. And so that's really surprising for what is seemingly a very smart woman for her to be so blinded um, Maybe by her love for him. Also, that could be true. <laughs> Speaking of villainy, uh, we got to look at Echo, uh, who was played by Alakwa Cox in the show. And she seems to be working with the tracksuit mafia, maybe even leading them. I thought that was really interesting. Um, I wasn't... I mean, I know that Echo got ca casted and I wasn't sure when she was going to make an appearance. Um, in terms of her leading the tracksuit mafia, I don't really recall that being in the comp, like the the Fraction comic. So it was not. What, yeah, so, so that I thought was a really interesting way of bringing her in. Um, I mean, again, we don't know, actually know if she's like running it, but he comes to her and is like basically like, yeah. you know, seeking her out as if she's the boss. Um, but I'm really excited. I'm really here for these new characters being introduced. And the fact that she's getting her own show later on, which apparently started filming today. Oh, really? That's so exciting. Yeah. Um, but I also don't know a ton about Echo. I read up on her and so I know that she was raised by Kingpin and that she had made daredevil appearances. So my familiarity with her is pretty small. So in terms of what I'm anticipating with her for the next um, episodes, I think it's just going to bring Kate Bishop in further into this kind of like Marvel, like this Avenger universe, like where she's really battling um, like maybe more superheroes and and things of that sort so that's maybe what I'm anticipating but I was just excited to see her more than anything so in the comics um Echo's dad gets murdered and the kingpin takes her in and convinces her that Daredevil was behind it so that mm. kind of motivates her to go after uh Daredevil and I'm thinking, what if they do like a twist of that on that in the show and they have her be after Hawkeye or Ronan because somebody convinced her that he was the one who murdered her parents or her father? Oh, that would be really, that would be a really smart way to bring her in without having to 
maybe expand it to bringing in Daredevil and Kingpin. Yeah. Um, but I mean, there are rumors that Kingpin might make an appearance in the show. So. So potentially, but then again, right. Instead of you, like you said, instead of it being Daredevil being the Ronin yeah. as like the person that she is trying to bring a vengeance. Um, and that would also make a little bit more sense with um, the fact that they're so focused to like, where is the girl? Because she was wearing the outfit. And it's really all about the outfit versus like, you know, Hawkeye, Clint or Kate. They don't really care. It's just thinking that whoever is they're behind about, the outfit. The, yeah, exactly. And I'm going to go on a far-fetched limb here and say that if Kingpin is not going to be in the show, then maybe she is being like, maybe Echo is being set up to go after Ronan by a different person. And that person might be Elena Bolova because we know that she's going to be in the show as well. Oh, yes. Oh, I'm really curious to see how, how it all plays out, how they bring in these kind of like these. Rumors. There's definitely going to be like a moment where they, everything ties in together. Like there's so many yes. threads right now. And I feel like Yelena might have a hand to play in why Echo is so adamant on taking down Ronan or Hawkeye. Yeah, especially if it's seeking this this kind of vengeance for for her like her father yeah or maybe it's going to turn up completely different and maybe like Yelena will be a factor <laughs> in why Echo decides to like work with Kate and Hawkeye instead of like mm-hmm. against them I don't know how it plays out but it's going to be very interesting and I can't wait to see Yelena again like she was same I love the character like in Black <laughs> Widow she was the highlight for me and I love Florence Pugh and I just think she's phenomenal she's amazing I yes I am so excited to see her like I I really like I wasn't not that I wasn't a huge fan of Black Widow she just was never really one of my favorite Avengers me neither and when I saw that movie I was like I just want more Florence Pugh than anything else (laughs) honestly same so for those who are who have you know maybe forgotten or maybe missed the movie in the post credit scenes of Black Widow, Florence is kind of set up to go after Hawkeye um, by the Countess. What was her name? Oh, isn't isn't she maybe going to end up being like Madame Hydra? Uh, maybe yeah. She's maybe. definitely like got something, but I forgot what the Countess's name. She's played by uh, Julia Dreyfus, who's like phenomenal. Yes. Um, so maybe like she might be also playing that kingpin kind of role who is also mm. setting up echo but she might have a hand to play in this because she made an appearance in the falcon and the winter soldier and she made an appearance in black widow so i wouldn't be too surprised if we see a cameo of her character showing up in hawkeye as well it would make sense because it seems as if she's going after the avengers yeah like she's she's kind of gaining alliances with the people who have something to kind of avenge themselves yeah Yeah. exactly so that would make I wouldn't be surprised if we see her I mean I hope we see her because I kind of want to see how they fill out what what she's kind of planning um and the more more light shed on that we're definitely going to see something set up very fast like we know we already know that she's kind of like fully recruited U.S. agent to her side and she kind mm-hmm. of has Yelena in her pocket as well. So it's going to be very interesting to see if she's kind of setting up her own Thunderbolts kind of team. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I, I just also need a moment for Yelena to realize that it isn't Hawkeye's fault. 
I'm like, she just deserves better. People need to stop messing with her. (laughs) (laughs) She truly does deserve better. Yes. (laughs) Okay. So in regards to the future, do you want this to be like a multiple season kind of show? Or do you want to see Kate moving Mm -hmm. on to get her own like movie or maybe like appear in other shows? How, where do you want to see this go? I, I mean, I really have liked what I've seen so far in terms of a second season. I love Haley Seinfeld as uh, Kate Bishop, but I, I don't know that I'm so invested at this point that I feel like it needs a second season. I would kind of want to see this wrap up and then see her in the films and then see that built out and then maybe her within like, you know, the champions or the young Avengers, something along those lines. But then again, you know, we could get through all the episodes and I might just totally shift and be like, I need more and I need more now. Um, But I feel like the ones that they have chosen not to continue have like, they've wrapped up in a way that felt good. Mm -hmm. Whereas with the Loki show, I was like, I I need like seven seasons of this, please. And thank you. Um, But especially because it, it really feels like, you know, Clint is so much a part of like the first season of what, not the first season, but this mini series that if they continued on, um, I would assume that would really just be mostly her. Um, yeah. And again, I don't know if that's what we need, especially when you've seen like Miss Marvel and, you know, so like Echo is getting a, their her own show so I feel like there's many moments for Kate Bishop to kind of appear without her having more episodes I feel like if they were planning to do a second season the only storyline I I could see them going for is her going to LA and starting her own private investigation firm and maybe like kind of introducing some of the other like characters that are now in her like roster that would be a bit like kind of interesting because there's not really much place, like there's not a lot of room for her to go outside of like the Young Avengers and the Champions. Like she's mm-hmm. in that young hero category and she needs to form those connections eventually. Yes, but I also don't, I'd be really surprised if they went that route because her setting up like her own detective, it just seems a lot smaller than what these shows have done. I feel mm-hmm. like what they do is they they kind of break open the universe in like a larger way versus like kind of even in ways where they get smaller and more narrow and they focus really on the character by the end of it I feel like you've really like widened what we're going the scope Mm -hmm. yeah I can definitely see that yeah I I definitely agree with that but okay so overall what would you give this out of we have a we have our own rating system here on the show (laughs) that I literally like came up with on the fly the last episode but what would you rate this show out of five geekable stars (laughs) So I would say like a 3.5. I really liked it. But when I put it, when I compare it to Loki, WandaVision, uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, it just feels so different and a lot lighter in certain ways that makes it where I'm like, this is really fun and this is really interesting, but it's not like oh my god did I just see that happen yeah yeah so um for me I'd probably put it at 3.5 so far I would give it about the same actually and if I was gonna like stack it up among the let's say the first two episodes and my initial impressions Loki would be like number one on the Disney plus shows like that is S tier (laughs) 
yeah, a top tier level. Um, followed by WandaVision, just because I was so intrigued by the first two episodes because we had no idea what was going on. Mm-hmm. And then I would say, hmm. Then I would say Hawkeye, Falcon Winter Soldier, and then What If. Oh, okay, yeah. That's a really good uh, stacking. I would say I'm with you on the Loki. I would probably do Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I just, I loved it so much. And for me, as I really loved WandaVision, but at least because I wasn't sure what was going on in the first two episodes, when it started really coming together in the further ones, I was like, this is genius. Yeah. But if we're just kind of in the first two episodes... I would say Hawkeye, WandaVision, and then What If. Okay. What If was really like such a letdown looking back at it now. <laughs> it was good. I think it was so good, but it's just so different. I feel like it's like comparing apples to oranges. It's animated, which to me, I love the live action over animated any day. So it was never going to, I was never going to watch it. And I think at any point, be like, wow, I, I like this more than like, Loki or WandaVision like those were just so good I mean some of the stories were really good like that Doctor Strange episode was amazing but overall I felt like we had kind of had really high hopes for it and really didn't deliver as much as we wanted it to but oh well (laughs) well well. we're getting a season two so we'll see what happens then I did like it though I thought it was I think it did what it needed to do well but it's also not necessarily tied to the MCU universe in the same way as the other live action yes. shows yet. Yeah. So I could be totally wrong. It will probably most likely be brought in some way, shape or form, but because I also know that or don't feel that instant, like emotional tie to it. I'm, I'm a little like, Oh, that was fun. That was okay. a good ride. Yeah. <laughs> out of the future um, Disney plus shows or movies that are coming out, which ones are you like most excited for and which ones are you most skeptical of? I am really excited for Miss Marvel. Um, I'm curious. I know that they're changing her powers, which I was a little bummed about. Yeah, um, and even her origin, apparently. Wow. There's a rumor <laughs> that she's not going to be inhuman. She's going to be what is known as jinn, which is kind of like in Islam or, you know, it's kind of a demonic entity, which I have no idea how they're going to go about that. But that's the rumor online and I hope it's wrong because that would like make no sense to me. Yeah, I I don't know that I love that. I feel like, yeah, I don't know that I love that. I, I feel like I'm both like equally really excited and equally skeptical because the more that news that leaks, I'm a little less enthusiastic yeah. and then it becomes a little bit more skeptical because yeah, when I hear something like that, it's like the story, her initial story, her origin, her powers were written so well yeah um, and that's to what made that, her so compelling as a character in the first place mm-hmm. yeah so i think they're gonna have to work really hard to make it feel earned those changes earned versus yeah. um okay they're just doing it for special effects reasons um and i'm so freaking excited for moon Knight. same <laughs> I love Moonlight and the fact that Oscar Isaac is playing Moonlight. I mean, he is a phenomenal actor. Anything that he is in, I want to watch. So as soon as I heard that he was casted, I was like, well, I need to start reading Moonlight. I need to know everything about this character because I am here for it. So 
and I feel like Moon Knight is such a interesting and dark character in his own way that I think will be very different from some of the stuff that we've seen in the MCU. Um, something that I'm, I don't know, not, skeptical is the wrong word, but not as excited about, but I am finding that everyone is really excited about is She-Hulk. <gasps> Gasp. <laughs> She-Hulk is like by far my most anticipated. Really? <laughs> okay, so tell, please tell me why. Not in a bad way. I just, I know nothing about, I really have no no idea about she like I just don't know anything about her okay. I've never read her and I was just so surprised to know that she has this I guess seemingly large audience I was out she of the loop on this has a huge <laughs> fan base just because she she is such a fun character like Jennifer Walters is this powerful badass empowered woman and I love that like from the second I, I was introduced to her character that is what drew me in so unlike the Hulk she doesn't shy away from her green form. She like takes pride in it. And she feels her most powerful and her most sexy when she's in her green Hulk form. So she like would go to court wearing her power suits and she'd be like fully green. That. Yeah, like putting everyone, <laughs> stopping everyone in their tracks, like terrifying everybody, but she doesn't care. And so she like really owns her powers and her abilities and she loves it. And I think that's what, one of the main like draws for her character is because while like you see, there's a lot of struggle between like Spider-Man trying to hide his identity and the Hulk struggling with his powers. Jennifer's like, oh, I love this. Like, this is my thing, you know? <laughs> That's so, awesome. She's such a badass. She, when she first debuted in the comics, she was like one of the original fourth wall breakers. So she would talk oh. to the writer and the editor and the artist of, of the comic book and like give them notes on how to fix the story. That is so fun. I see. I had no idea. I like Disney Plus Day happened. She Hulk was announced, and then there was the little clips. And everyone I was DMing with was like, "I hope we get a trailer of She Hulk." Like, yes, She Hulk. And I was like, "What? I missed the memo. Like, <laughs> I've never read her. I don't know anything." <laughs> okay, so that's why, like, you need to go and pick up. Uh, She-Hulk by Charles Soule who was like it was her best run the covers were drawn by Kevin Wada who is a great artist and they are beautiful they're like honestly if you just like pick up the the trade paperback or like even look up the covers online they are gorgeous like I had them as my wallpaper for the longest time (laughs) the covers the art the story everything in that run is pitch perfect and I think that would that run would make you appreciate Jennifer Walters as a character a lot I will definitely look into it because I also was like, I don't even know where to start. I didn't really look into it, to be honest, but I knew that you had mentioned the She-Hulk in one of, I think, the previous episodes or something of that sort when you guys were talking about Disney Plus Day. And yeah, um, yeah I was raving so, about the actress just because she's such a great actress and I, I can't wait to see mm-hmm. Tatiana, Tatiana in the role. But yeah, yeah that is I, my, that is awesome. the geekable challenge for you is for you to read <laughs> She-Hulk by Charles Soule and let me know what you think and how you feel about the character moving forward. Yeah, I will. I'm so excited, especially to have a jumping off point um, because I want to get on that bandwagon. And- you, you're more than welcome to jump on board. <laughs> we would love to have you on. Oh, I can't wait. Well, 
I don't want to take too much more of your time, but this was so much fun. And I'm so glad we got to have you on. And maybe we'll have you on again at some point in the future as well. Well, I'm going to go binge She-Hulk. And so whenever that releases, I I need to be the guest. (laughs) When She-Hulk drops, you will be coming back on the show and we will be talking about how you feel about that comic book run as well. (laughs) Watch, I will be like a converted fangirl, so. (laughs) (laughs) The Church of (laughs) She-Hulk. Thank you so much, Haley, for being on with us. Like, I really, I had so much fun chatting with you. And for anyone listening, if you enjoyed Haley as much as I did, please give her a follow at Shy Comic Girl on Instagram and YouTube. She posts reviews. She posts amazing content on YouTube. She recently did a review of the new Champions run, which is Outlawed. And I thought she had such an interesting like perspective and she really like dove right in. And I, I love her videos. So please check them out. She is a great friend of our show and we will, you will definitely be seeing her more often around here. Oh, thank you so much. This was a blast. <laughs> and for anyone listening, please be sure to follow us on Geekable underscore podcast. And if you enjoyed this show, please maybe re- recommend it to a friend and maybe subscribe. And we would really appreciate that. So yeah, um, thank you for listening. I hope you have a beautiful day and we'll see you next week.